Megan Hicks of I Run Far. I'm with Tim Tollefson. He's the third place finisher of the 2019 Madeira Island Ultra Trail. Good morning, Tim. This is take five on this interview. <laughs> I really do feel like Bill Murray right now. <laughs> Groundhog Day. Uh, yeah, good morning, everyone. <laughs> um, so it's mid-morning here in Madeira Island. It's been, I don't know, 12, 15 hours, 18 hours since you finished. How's the body feeling? Progressively better. Okay. Um, definitely the first six to ten hours after the race were just <laughs> miserable. Um, and it, the race itself is pretty pretty difficult and challenging and, uh, like, uncomfortable. And then the aftermath, though, is if equally, if not more so, kind of painstaking. And, and I was talking to Lindsay or Billy or someone, and I was like, our sport is not right. Like, why are we doing this? This is seriously ridiculous. Like, I mean, in that race, I did thoroughly enjoy maybe seven or eight hours of it. Okay. And then the final six to seven hours, it was like, this is ridiculous. Like, why am I doing this? You know, I could just stop at any point. But that's like the closer you get to the finish, like, then you don't want to let those other eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 hours go to waste. But it, I mean, it's, it's just a tough sport, like, but we do it to ourselves. Okay. So in fairness, like every distance of racing has its own challenge. Like the 400 is in, inherently like really painful for the final hundred. Or meters. the 800 is one of the hardest races on the, on the face of the earth. Right. Those you generally recover pretty quickly. It's like a minute of like just sheer awfulness afterwards, yeah. and then you're generally okay. Like, do you ever question why you've chosen ultra running as your path, given uh, that the race involves yeah. suffering and then the post race involves plenty of more suffering? Pretty much on a weekly basis, especially <laughs> after these. Um, like, I did actually tell Lindsay last night, like, I mean, I love so much about the sport, that's why I'm still in it. But, you know, when I go through something like this, it makes me question how long is my body actually going to hold up to it right. like it's demanding it both emotionally physically uh you know from a um like an endocrine standpoint a sure. lot of different systems in the body probably aren't going to be real sustainable if we're not careful and, and as we've seen in the past with some greats in the sport but it uh yeah it's hard it's it's a tough sport and i it does make me miss something like you know, the mile or the marathon <laughs> where you, you see an end in sight and it's, it's, it's a t like, it's right there with something like this, where, I mean, it took me 14 and a half hours or longer races or people took 32 hours. It doesn't feel like the end is ever in sight. Like, and so I think the amount of mental fortitude that it takes for something like this is on sort of a different level than those short, intense, high, you know, very painful races, like 800 or or so. Yeah. Well, let's back up to the hours of goodness that you did have in your race. <laughs> the race fired off from midnight uh, in Porto Moniz, which is a little town on the north side of the island. Talk about the early hours of the race and what that was like for you. Sure. Um, yeah, it was it was a beautiful night. Mm. There, were, there was a, a pretty stiff breeze out there, but it was kind of warm, so I, I didn't find the temperature, um, you know, intolerable at all. And okay. found myself just in a nice pack with Seth and a few other guys trailing Francois for the first climb. Um, and then as we went into the second climb, uh, I ended up kind of overtaking a bunch of people incidentally. And then during that second climb, it's a pretty long one. Oh, no, not that one. The um, 
I was just kind of running by myself, and which was nice because that second descent is really steep, mm. and my knee uh, issue that I've been dealing with, I was concerned about, and I was you were feeling it. I was I was feeling it, huh. but also I was concerned more for what was to come, and because <laughs> I was by myself. I was able to just run my own pace. Okay. So I took the descent actually quite easy. I you know, even walked some of the areas mm-hmm. that were like really bad just because I was being extra cautious. I didn't want to just completely blow out, you know, kind of the knee or create an issue where, you know, with four, 12 more hours mm-hmm. facing me. Um, but then, yeah, it, it, probably on the third climb, Francois caught up to me. And then for the next, I don't know, maybe five hours we basically were running together and and had a lot of fun actually and him and Jermaine um and we just had a nice little pack of three guys uh kind of you know taking turns leading I probably led a majority of some of those miles um but it was honestly just a super fun night like Mm -hmm. running across the island in the jungle kind of felt like Ferngolian areas where it's just so green and lush you're have this kind of overhanging uh, jungle experience, um, but the moon was also like kind of peeking out along the way, and yeah, it was it was super fun actually. Like I didn't think about time distance, and it was kind of like oh okay, a couple of hours just went by, and those are the types of races that you feel like things are just clicking, yeah, and which early on is pretty nice when that happens. A nice feeling. Yeah, yeah. Now I think ultimately it ended up being like almost a marathon's distance a little under a marathon that the three of you were together and like I think there was a little bit of leapfrogging going on but were you guys like legit working together and spending time together or what was that like we were uh there was actually I think on the maybe it was the third descent it's I found that one probably the most technical of the race um you're kind of going down this rutted out gully and at one point Jermaine, he fell, mm. and so Francois and I stopped and went back to make sure he was okay. And then Francois fell, and then like Francois was like one one zero, and then I fell, and he's like one one one, and so we were keeping track of how many times everyone fell. Uh, but we were just kind of having a good time, um, and I would say we were basically working together. Um, and then at one point, there was a uh, I can't remember where it, um, it was before the. The climb before we dropped down to the halfway point where okay. the um, drop bags were. and At Corral. Yeah, and there's a really steep ascent there. Like, you're going up next, you're next to a pipeline, and it's, I mean, you're basically going up steps that is almost steep enough you could have a ladder. And I was, I was hurting at that point, okay. and I think they both noticed it, so they ended up kind of probably like pushing a little because i kept seeing them turn around to look i could see their headline see if they were losing you or not and uh i was like oh touche guys like i thought we were just having fun here and (laughs) we're racing already i didn't know (laughs) i was like the night is young um and then we got up to like this more lovato where it was a nice flat area and at that point i was feeling really good because the the flat runnable sections are just kind of relatively easy for me and but at that point i kind of pulled a little rope dope on them where i held back intentionally mm. kind of maybe 25 30 meters where i could see their headlamps but i didn't want to make contact with them and they kept looking back and i was like they're going to start squeezing the pace more and i was hoping maybe they'd tire themselves out unnecessarily yeah. while yeah. i'm just kind of recovering and hanging out and then eventually i caught back up and i was and i was like bonjour and i'm back I, and uh <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was fun. And then when I had the lead, sometimes I was actually, especially on those flat sections, I could hear them breathing kind of hard. Mm-hmm. So I would just start start ratcheting it down a little bit just to kind of test to see how they would respond. And so we, I think there were some little tactics going on in there, but nothing, uh, you know, obviously it was 
early six, seven, eight hours into the race. So there was a lot of time left. Um, and then the next, where, where we saw you at um, uh, Corral, Corral, um, I was feeling good off that big descent um, going in. But then um, when we left, like they both had a crew, they got out of there really quickly. And I was like fumbling, find my drop bag and like trying to figure that out. And then I never saw them basically again after okay. that. And then I sort of went into my own little demise. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, um, on the long climb from Corral <clears throat> to Pico Rivo, um, you lost a lot of time. I lost a there. lot. I think um, including your extra time in the aid station. You lost 14 minutes between the inbound at Corral and the peak. And that was probably, what, like 10 kilometers yeah, or exactly. something? 10 and a half K. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. <laughs> that was really bad. Um, I was suffering, like, going up that climb. I uh, And it, it's not a particularly steep climb, but it's long it and forever, steady. Yep. It? And I, I just got into, a like, not even a bad mental space, but physically I was feeling lightheaded. Almost starting to think like, am I going to enter that like hallucinogenic kind of state, yeah. you know, and I, I was eating and drinking, but I just kind of was in a funk. And then at um, some point, um, Diego passed me and, and, uh, he asked me if I was all right. And I was like, not really, but like, I'm just going to keep <laughs> going. <laughs> um, and, uh, it was kind of nice to have him there. Like, cause it gave me something to kind of like switch back into like, Oh, let's chase him down. But no, I, I just really, really struggled. And then from there to the finish, basically all the uphills progressively got worse for me. And I think that is a testament to mm -hmm. the lack of like, preparation I had in training for that much gain in a race um, and you know it, obviously I did more running in prep than someone like Francois did but I think that he had an incredible amount of just vertical, ski vertical yep. and so you know if, if I end up doing something like this again I need to probably implement that if we have a big winter like we did but time to buy like it, I don't know a Stairmaster or a weird that's actually, reverse yeah. climber or something. Lindsay suggests that because she loves the Stairmaster. Okay. Um, and I just... <laughs> you guys I, can have like Stairmaster Sunday dates or something. Yeah. Bam, right, bam, bam, bam. I'll stick to the skiing, I think. Okay. I, I just need to be outside. <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, it... I think towards, you know, the last five hours of the race, I really struggled on the climbs and it was just... My fitness wasn't quite there, I don't think. I want to ask you for a minute about the section between the island's high point, Pico Rivo, and the next peak. It was like 5.5 kilometers. It's really steep. You're kind of like following this spiny ridge line, then mm -hmm. you drop down, you go through a couple of tunnels. There's some like stairs bolted into the cliff faces. Like, what? Yeah. So, when I saw your split coming to Pico Rivo, having fallen quite far back from yeah. who you had been with, I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> is this the beginning of Tim Tollefson's demise? But then you showed up at Pico Arrero and you said, well, my climbing legs are cooked, but I'm fine otherwise. And you were in good spirits. Like, that that section did not break you. What did you think of it? I thought it was awesome. Okay. Like, it was super fun because, like you said, you're, you're going down these steep staircases that, you know, they're, they're definitely... Uh, taller than they are deep where it's and you, you have to hold on to the the rails to get down them um, and then it's mixed in with like these just like 
little pathways right on the edge of the cliff mm. that you know you have probably 500 meters just below you or maybe more and uh, then you're entering tunnels and I just thought the variety was neat something you don't typically find on a race course okay. what was really hard though is so this was daylight now and when you go through those tunnels some of them are long uh-huh. and it's pitch dark in there and my headlamp <laughs> was in my pack because I put it away at the aid state or at the halfway and I couldn't see a thing you just like and I was I, I was like holding onto the walls and then at one point I was like this is kind of dumb I'm gonna trip on something because I had no idea what the footing was like I was like if I trip and go down like it's gonna be embarrassing I hurt myself I could have just taken 30 seconds to get my out my headlamp but I was being stubborn I didn't want to and so I'm sitting there like holding on the walls going through there like can't see a thing and then I dropped a pole and I was like, shit. No, I'm never gonna And I turned it. around and I was on the ground, like feeling around in the darkness because I couldn't find the pole. And I was like, damn it. And I almost pulled out my headlamp and then I like found it. I was like, okay, I gripped the poles really tight. And then I just like, <laughs> was like tiptoeing towards, but I walked through the whole tunnel because I didn't okay. want to fall. Um, but it was just kind of, you know, it's something different, kind of mixes it up, especially yeah. when you're, you know, yeah, 10 hours into something and you need something to kind of change your, your attitude and mindset. So I really enjoyed it. Um, and, uh, and that part of the course, you're up basically traversing that ridgeline between the two, um, two high points, and it's stunning. Mm. Like, it's, it was a beautiful day. Really windy, but again, it wasn't cold, totally which was nice. Totally clear, though. The clouds you could see were below so much. you. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I, had, I had fun. So maybe that's where, like, I wasn't trying to, like, pick anything up, but maybe I just didn't lose more ground because, yeah, I got engaged in a different kind of in yeah. a different way. Um, you said I don't remember ex- I, I don't remember your exact words, but you said when I pa- when you passed me at Pico Herrera at the end of that 5K section, you said something like, "I'm gonna pick off so and so." You were in oh fourth, yeah, you were in fourth position then I think. Uh huh. And um, you ultimately did move up into third place. So what yeah. what was going on in your head? Were you like, "I'm gonna be fine when I get to the runnable stuff. I'm gonna pick off somebody." Yeah, my my thought was that, um, and now that I recall, I I told you. I'm gonna pick off Jordy, but I meant Diego. Um, okay. And and because right before Pico Ruvo, um, on the climb, Diego just hammered me mm-hmm. like I didn't stand a chance. But then we hit flats, and I would make up ground on him. I was okay. like, oh, this is a good sign. Like I can't climb right now, but I can run flat. Okay. And then the downs, I felt pretty good. And so in my mind, I thought, looking at the course map, the final 15 kilometers or so is pretty much, you know along Lovato's or down and then flat and then down. I thought, well, if I can keep my legs in somewhat decent shape in the final 15, 20 kilometers, I should be able to make up five, 10 plus minutes on someone like Diego. So that was what I said. I was like, I think Got I it. can catch Diego. Okay. Um, but it turns out I ended up catching Jermaine, um, which he fell and hurt himself. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I was hopeful, but then it got to the point where someone said, "Oh, Diego's only a few minutes in front of you," and I started hammering some of the downs. But I ended up kind of blowing my quads doing that. That was that right? And then when we actually hit the flat section, which is so beautiful when you're traversing along the coastline, um, underneath the cliffs, but you're on this path that was like cut out into the side of the cliff. You're a thousand feet up above the the ocean. Absolutely stunning. Mm. I could barely run because, like, I toasted my quads, and I was like, "Damn it! Like, I'm gonna get caught by fourth or fifth or sixth place." Because like, I can't run because the I can't. Stuff. Like, I'm supposed to be a runner. Uh, uh, so yeah, I had a really hard, hard finish, and even though it's pretty much flat for the final 10k, it was really challenging, never ending. 
it just felt like I was never actually going to get to the finish line. <laughs> um, finishing in a podium position at a big internationally competitive long mountain ultra is now a very familiar place for you. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I mean, it it's is. getting more and more familiar it, by the race. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think uh, if we were betting, it, it might be a sure one. <laughs> Uh, I I did kind of look back through and like Ultra Trail World Tour races. I've done ten of them now, and really? I think yeah, wow. yeah. And You're taking the World Tour. I'm I'm trying to get my passport. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I hear I get some cool little uh, like poster. But the problem is, is they add races every year. So. Yeah, I know. It's I'll never get there. Um, yeah, it's I guess I think I have six second or thirds in one first place okay. um and you know it's i i made some comment yesterday on uh, twitter that i feel like the des linden of ultra trail <laughs> world tour or like you know ultra, ultra majors where i i am always a bridesmaid but uh, but then there's that one there's, time yeah but you know if i keep showing up it's gonna happen like and that's kind of you know for most of us that aren't you know the gods like killian or francois or pow I just feel like, you know, we're striving for that perfect day and it's what's going to keep me going after it. Like, So it, it took, like, record rain and wind conditions at Boston for, you know, Des yeah. to really show her strength. Are we talking like a blizzard of a couple feet of snow? I would you? love that at UTMB. <laughs> like, if we could, you know, drum that up, um, I think that would be my year. But <laughs> So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> and I always have to remind myself, I'm, I'm entering my fifth year of ultra running, so I'm you know, compared to some people, I'm still relatively, you know, new to the game. So I think there's a lot of stuff I can continue to learn and grow upon. And, and for the most part, I'm excited for it. So, you know, hopefully I will get my day someday, but even, you know, let's say I didn't and I keep getting, well, even if I don't even podium anymore, like, I think it's pretty awesome to be able to do this like, yeah, and have the opportunities. Yeah, it is not too shabby. <laughs> I still think it's pretty bland and it's not that like if we look that way towards the mountains it's better fortunately and, the ocean has not like come after us since that interview a few days ago or you said you hate the i think it was i hate the ocean i have been known to say that yeah <laughs> well last question for yeah. you where else are you planning to race in 2019 um yeah that's uh right now i'm on the u.s team for the world champs which is in five weeks back in Portugal. Quick, yeah. I know. So, but uh, I need to see how we recover after this. Okay. I'm going to take a full week off, which I normally don't do. But even leading into this race, with the knee problem, I think it was just a, it was highlighting that my body was starting to kind of crack, and so I need a proper break. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to take a week off, and I'm going to focus probably on skiing for the next week or two. Okay. Um, just kind of you know do something different, and then if I feel like I can recover and get you know maybe two or three weeks of training, I'd love to do it because. I believe it's only 44k, so it's technically an ultra, but yeah. that's my style. Like, you know, maybe 2,000 meters of vert. So I think that could be a super fun race to do. Other than that, I'm looking at UTMB, and then some maybe one or two personal projects, but uh, kind of up in the air right now. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's hope you recover quick, so nice. we see you at the Trouble Championships. Will you be there? We'll be there. Nice. Yes. Okay. Uh, maybe I won't go then. I probably better yeah I, we've done enough interviews yeah well congratulations thank you. to you on your podium finish thank you we'll thanks for you, being out there we'll see you back in portugal perhaps. okay oh happy anniversary Lindsay. 
Oh, is it really your anniversary? Yeah. Today? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think we've been together 14 years. Oh. Yeah, something like that. Um, you got married 14 years ago? Well, actually, so, no, we've been together 14 years. This is our wedding anniversary today, um, and I don't know how long that's been. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of like you guys. How long has it been? <laughs> I think seven or eight years. Okay. But it was, it was uh, like, you know, we eloped. Just yeah. parents showed up, and so it, to us, it was more a procedural thing to kind of, you know, move forward and get around my health insurance, and, yeah. you know, we knew we were going to be together, but... Yeah, didn't feel like a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, happy day of making it legal, Lindsay. Yes. We beat the system. <laughs>